It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, yes! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Monday. A lot of things to recap and look at uh, over the weekend. Utah State football. We knew they were going bowling, but now we know where and against whom. Uh, Utah State basketball in action over the weekend. Uh, And they uh, went to San Francisco to take on the Dons. Um, and um, how'd they do there? They, they well, they did pretty well. And then the first uh, NCAA net rankings are out today. So uh, another opportunity to look at where does Utah State going to rank uh, among their peers and uh, other schools in the Mountain West. What are they looking at, or how do they look? And, and interesting to note the differences between the the net ranking and Ken Palm. So we'll get into all that. A lot of things to cover today. Love to hear from you as well. 435-339-0321 to, uh, to chime in and be part of the show. Yeah. Lots of fun. Lots of fun things. And I got a new mic, so I don't know if I sound like I'm – I don't know how good I sound. <laughs> Sounds all right. You're on the air, and that's important. Yeah, that's the important thing. Of course, when we came in, there was a weird hum coming over the, our studio – it doesn't sound like it's going out over the air. I was testing that right as we were getting on the show. So if you heard a weird echo and Eric saying something twice, is because I was trying to listen to it on my phone. Ah, a little so, bit of a delay there. Yeah, there is about four or five seconds. It's weird to hear you say it and then hear you say it. It's weird to have <laughs> me trying to keep up with that. But yeah, lots of fun things. And uh, I've spent a lot of the morning going through the the NET rankings. Um compiling a bunch of stuff together. I put a bunch of it on Twitter. Uh, probably way too much work for something that's going to change by next week. But um, then also going into Utah State's bowl history, I'm going to do my next edition of just a definitive Utah State bowl history. Uh, going into it even deeper than I have before. Um, going back and reading a bunch of old newspapers on some of the some of the old games. I'm having, having a lot of fun. Oh. I've, already, I've already learned a couple of new things. Uh, fun little uh, bits of trivia that are really only found when you go all the way back into these, you know, primary sources. Well, so uh, let's yeah, lot lot to cover, and of course, we want to hear from you as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one to uh, to chime in today. And let's just start off with maybe go chronological the things that happened first, and that was the uh, the bowl announcement as uh, you know the the championship games for Saturday. The, the fields, well, some of them were Friday, uh, but the, the playoff, college football playoff field was kind of becoming a little bit more clear, and then who would or would not be participating. Uh, so as uh, Sunday morning, late morning rolled around, it started to become more evident as to who was going to what bowl games, and uh, Utah State 
heading to or well heading to the Dallas area and to uh, participate in the first responders bowl to take on Memphis. And that news became official from Utah State a little bit later in the day and then we had a chance to speak with coach Anderson uh, Sunday afternoon. But um the, the first responder bowl was was one that was kind of out there as a possibility. It seemed like Frisco or Idaho Potato seemed to be most talked about, but I actually really like this Surf Pro First Responders Bowl as a destination for Utah State. Yeah, and Blake Anderson seemed to like it as well. Um, I was pretty sold on the idea that Utah State was going to go to Frisco, it being an early one, kind of get out of the season and get into recruiting, but uh, there's obvious, there's you know different ways you can go about this and still have it be positive. With that, you maybe get into recruiting and and getting into being healthy, you know, getting guys into off-season uh, treatments to get healthy. But with this, you still get some time to get healthy. You play a game, send your seniors out right, but you also get a nice recruiting uh, trip in Texas. And obviously you have more practices for your younger players, more reps, you get better. So it's still positive, but just in a different way. Um, there's not necessarily one right answer for which bowl you want to play in, and Anderson's going to be able to work with this. And, you know, make a positive out of this. The schedule works a little bit better than it did last year where they were frantically trying to, uh, you know, do recruiting and, you know, bowl prep at the same time. Whereas here, I think they're going to take, they're going to spend like this first week or so just straight up recruiting. I don't even think they're going to have practices. Yeah, Coach Anderson said, look, we're going to let let the players go through their finals. uh, And uh, coaching staff, we're going to be hitting the trail, uh, doing recruiting. And then we'll get back and start to do some prep. And so it's it's not like, since the, the bowl game isn't until the December 27th, it's not like they're going to get like three, four weeks uh, of, of practices in. I guess it'd only be three, uh, where they can practice, you know, three, four times a week. Uh, that this doesn't really allow them to do that. And so they're going to take the opportunity to get healthy, uh, to take care of their academics and to take care of recruiting, and then come back and get ready to go for a bowl game, which that'll be interesting because normally Utah State's bowl appearances have been before Christmas, have been usually early on in the bowl season. So this will be a departure from that, which will be kind of interesting to see how it works. Yeah, it'll be a little closer to how it was back in the day. Their first ever game, bowl game, was a New Year's Day Bowl, so... (laughs) <laughs> Back in what the forties? Nineteen forty-seven, January first, nineteen forty-seven. So technically, in nineteen forty-seven, the calendar year nineteen forty-seven, they appeared in two bowls. Because they played one on January first, and then in all the way in December. So, fun little factoid. But uh, Memphis is the opponent for Utah State, and uh, this is a team that has uh, high, looks like a high-powered offense. Similar record as the Aggies, but in their six losses, um, besides maybe one, they were competitive and really in it. Um, uh, They lost uh, a handful of games by a touchdown or less, um, and they were, on some of those, driving to, to either tie or take the lead late in the game. So this is a competitive team that really didn't get blown out or overran during their season. 
Uh, some games that they struggled to, to close and struggled to finish. Kind of an opposite season as Utah State's, where Memphis started out really strong, and then they hit the middle of the season, and they just couldn't find a way to win, and then they finally win their last two games. And so very different from Utah State, where they really struggled early on, then started to hit their stride a little bit, but had a few little bumps along the way. Yeah, Utah State and Memphis, complete opposites in that regard, where Memphis started one and four. Utah State started, or Memphis started four and one. Utah State starts one and four, and then Utah State wins five out of its last seven. Memphis loses five out of its last seven. So in terms of momentum, these teams are on completely different footing, except for the fact that I think both teams have lost their most recent game. I think. Yeah. So Memphis ended the year with a loss, well, a close loss to SMU, and I guess Utah State lost a. On paper, <laughs> blowout to Boise. But, of course, that was certainly a close game up until the very end. So th- these teams will both be looking to you know, finish with a winning record. They both uh, had the chance to uh, you know, get a winning record in their last game and just fell a little short. They actually both became bowl eligible the same week. Granted, Memphis did it in a little more uh, emphatic fashion. Yes. <laughs> they, they blew out North Alabama 59 nothing. So they kind of knew they were going to be bowl eligible. Utah State kind of had to fight a little bit more for it. Yeah, so uh, I guess before we go too much further, just throw that out as uh, as a question to you as as the audience. Just, um, you know, how do you feel about the bowl as a destination and as the the bowl opponent for Utah State? December 27th, it'll be, uh, what, a 1.30 kick our time, um, which will be nice. Kind of early afternoon, prep for the game, get it done. Um, that's some prime time for most bowl viewing, uh, so that'll be good. Uh, but um, anyway, your, your thoughts about the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl for Utah State as a destination going to Dallas and uh, facing Memphis, 435-339-0321. Uh, so getting to some of the texts that came through, first uh, a bit of a lengthy one here that was sent in this morning. Uh, 7966. Thoughts from over the weekend. (laughs) So hang with me here as I go through this. Huge win for the Aggies over San Francisco last night. The fact that we were able to win by 18, given that we shot the ball poorly as a team, had low output from Ashworth and Funk, and played without Ryland Jones, gives me a lot of confidence that we'll be able to grind out a lot of tough games throughout the season, especially in conference play. This team is talented and deep. Uh, then another thought, coming in at number 15 in the net rankings is huge for our hopes that an at-large bid, the Mountain West can keep where they're at right now with five teams in the top 60. There'll be some good opportunities for Q1, Q2 games in conference play. And finally, I love the matchup with Memphis in the first responder bowl. Going back to the would-you-rather question from last week, this seems to be somewhere in between the two options. While Memphis is not a Power 5 team, they are a nationally recognized program and among the top athletic departments in the group of five. Beating them would be huge for recruiting and momentum going into next season. Yeah, especially since uh, you know Texas is a huge you know recruiting hotbed for Utah State. I think there's 13 players from Texas. Granted, not all of them came by way of you know high school recruiting, but uh, you know being able to be recognized again, beating a Memphis team that. Um, you know, is 7966, they're in that, you know, most recognized names among the group of five because they've had a couple of years 
uh, fairly recently where they had some big seasons and were ranked in the in the college football playoff uh, and were trying to get uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't think they got one, or did they end up playing in one? Uh, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. But Because they, they had um, – oh, they played in the Cotton Bowl. That's not – So that could have been a New Year's Six. I can't remember which are all the New Year's Six Bowls. Cotton's really a prestigious bowl. Um, they lost it, but you know, a couple of years where they, were, you know, they were twelve and two one year, ten and three another year. They've been a little down where they were six and six the previous two years. Um, they've been bowl, Memphis has been bowl eligible for nine straight seasons now. Last year they uh, were going to play in the Hawaii Bowl, but it was canceled because Hawaii backed out for reasons of COVID. Um, so they didn't play in a bowl game last year. The interesting thing though is though they've played in uh, what is that? Eight bowls in the last. Let's see. I'm trying to do quick math. So they're two and five, I think. And their last, you know, however many bowls that is, they've gotten to a lot of bowls. They haven't done very well once they got there. So, yeah, it, it'll it'll be interesting where this is a is a good matchup. It's also, you know, a matchup of two, you know, the two best, you know, G five conferences. There is a rivalry between these two conferences, for bragging rights of who's the you know, best group of five conference. You know, the the AAC likes to brag about it being P6. Right. Because they feel they, you know, have the rights to be the, the best group of five conference, and they certainly have probably the better argument the last few years. Right, with Cincinnati's success. I yeah. mean, Memphis a few years back, when was that, 2018 or 19, where they only had the one loss and then they ended up played in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, it was 2019. Um, and then, you know, Tulane and... Uh, uh, UCF, uh, top twenty-five teams this year. Yeah, so they, it's 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 a rather grand. Mountain West is very much in a down year. The AAC doing all right this year. I mean, Memphis, bowl eligible. They finished eighth in the conference, and they're bowl eligible. So it tells you how deep the AAC was. Yeah, true. So it's it's got a few different storylines. Uh, as far as conference versus conference, a couple of G five programs that are trying to make their way and be be great uh, outside of the P5. Memphis isn't one of the teams that's going to the Big 12, are they? No, it was one that was discussed okay. as a potential target. Yeah, so... And if there were another round of non-P5 schools that got an invitation to move up, Memphis would probably be one of the first in line. Yeah, they probably would be. So, yeah, Utah State's trying to push into that uh, conversation as one of the best group of five programs and if you look at it in terms of football there's an argument for that uh just a lack of consistency probably from the football team yeah yeah no but uh it was interesting to hear from coach anderson sunday that he said that this is an important game for our conference and the fact that the mountain west will have seven teams bowling uh he he said he hopes that they take their games as seriously as he is because those are those are important for recruiting and for this, you know, these bragging rights, it, it does matter. Uh, you know, last year the Mountain West had the best bowl record, um, and I guess there was yeah, some award for that. I don't even remember what it was called. But, yeah, they hand out some trophy, but but um, you know that's something that they want to keep doing and and keep advancing. So um, it, it's uh, Blake Anderson recognizes the importance of it, and uh, would hope that others within the conference feel the same way. Yeah, it adds prestige and. Recruiting across the across the board. If you play in a great conference, 
you're more likely to get more recruits. You see that in the SEC. Vanderbilt cannot recruit Utah State day after day, but even though they go like 1-11 every year, but it's because they play in the SEC. But if your conference is better and better, you know, when the Mountain West was outperforming the Pac-12, you know, it helps the Mountain West. Granted, the Pac-12's had a resurgence, so that's kind of moot. <laughs> but, yes. yes. But, you know, the, the better your conference recruits from around there, you know, up and down the West Coast and in Texas and all those areas, if you're in a great conference, you can attract a few more recruits. And obviously that's an advantage for Blake Anderson. Uh, 7966, we'll get to your basketball-related points a little bit later on, but we're going to keep talking uh, uh, football. But there are a few other texts that I want to get to. 5338 texting in, LSU has a player on their team named Major Burns. Let me guess, his parents were MASH fans. I'm pretty sure there was a quarterback for some Oklahoma team, I think, whose name was General Booty <laughs> or something like that. Uh, that's great. Uh, so a couple more texts coming through, 9758. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many fans make the trip, especially since the game is after Christmas. Yeah, got a long weekend of Utah State uh, athletics. You've got the three games and four nights. I believe, or maybe is it three games and three nights? I think they play the 22nd, the basketball team plays 22nd, 24th, and 25th, I think. Or some combination of they play, I think, three games in four days. Uh, and they'll play on Christmas. And then a couple days after, we'll have football in in Texas. So I don't know if, if some of you want to go to Hawaii, some of you want to go to Texas. You can pick maybe a Christmas vacation or stay home and watch them all. Well, as you said, thir- about uh, what twelve or thirteen members of the football team from Texas. Uh, a number of pl- uh, coaches on staff are from Texas, or from you know from the South. So certainly hope that they bring their family and friends. But uh, how many from Cache Valley make the trip? That'll be the real kicker. Um, but it's it's easy to get in and out of Dallas. A lot of hotels in the area, uh, and it's not going to be as cold as it will be here, so it might be a fun way to uh, get out and have a, a unique holiday in between Christmas and New Year. Yeah, I'm really hoping the weather's nice. <laughs> uh, yes. That, that, that'd be a plus. That would be a big plus. The weather in Frisco a few years back was only, like, okay. It was, like, 50s, which was better than the, That's not you know, bad. Of course, here it got cold a lot faster than normal. It was, like, 10 degrees the other, on Saturday morning. Yeah, it got, it got cool. Because normally it doesn't get there until, like, January. Uh, 9315 texting in. Um, can someone answer this? In the game last night, how was the bull rush on two USU players not a foul? Uh, it let San Francisco hit a wide-open three around the last of the game. Um. By that time, I was probably looking down and already writing my recap. Yeah, at that point, I was not watching either, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm, I missed that one, 9315. I'll need to see if anybody else can help us out on that who saw it. If you give me a specific time that it happened, I can find it, look at replay, and maybe I'll comment on it later. Uh, 2305 texting in. Do the Aggies have wide receivers coming up through the program or they need to go to the portal or the junior college recruiting process. They've got uh, they got a wide receiver commit today, actually. A junior college commit. 
Uh, they're working the junior college ranks hard for wide receivers and corners. Granted, right now and recently, junior college has generally been the commits because that's generally who they can um, get commits from at this time. Now with the portal, I think it opened like today. It officially opened today. So we've already been seeing a rush of players announcing they're going to the portal, which they're perfectly within their rights to do. But today is when it officially opens, their names go in, and coaches start going after them. Yes. So we'll see a bit more in terms of – Well, it'll probably be a little bit while teams are courting players, but in the coming weeks we'll start seeing some commits to Utah State. Uh, we'll see some players decide to leave. I think there's two names. Gentry was one. There's another guy whose name I didn't necessarily – Tight end. Yeah. Ron. So, what's his last name? Oh, no, there's another guy beside him. Oh. Um, so I think it's three now. It was a different name that I didn't quite recognize um, that it announced aside from from Ron. So Anderson seemed to expect he was mentioning he was going to bring back like 90% of his roster, which is impressive in this day and age, being able to bring back that many players, um, which also kind of means there won't be a ton of room for incoming transfers. So they're going to have to uh, uh, be wise about who they bring in. Um and try and make the most of what few uh, portal JUCO in high school recruiting spots they'll have. Right. And the other thing to remember about transfers, sometimes uh, a player decides to leave because they're pursuing something else. They didn't fit in. They don't like the coach or somebody else on staff. Uh, and they think they've got greener pastures somewhere else. Sometimes a coach will approach the player and say, look, you're just, it's not really working out. And so we'll help you find another place. Um, but we're just going to be straight up and honest with you. We don't really – you can be here on the, on the team, help us on the practice squad. Maybe you'll get in with other guys hurt. But your role isn't going to be probably what you think it is. And to give you an opportunity to play more, it's probably better you go somewhere else. And, and those aren't like – rude in your face put you down conversations those come from a place of a lot of respect and we, we, we care about you we want the best for you and that's probably just to give you a better situation somewhere else based on our landscape here yeah so that, sometimes those are coaches that are coaching them to uh, to put their name in the in the portal yeah and that can happen especially when you have new coaches coming like you know situation where anderson is where there's still a decent number of players on this roster that he did not recruit and so he may have, you know, told that to some players or had that conversation or maybe some of the assistants had those conversations. So yeah, that there are a million and one reasons to transfer. I mean, I remember Abel Porter transferred away from Utah State. I didn't even realize he had another year, but he ended up going to Ohio State. And I feel like that had a lot to do with academics. <laughs> well, at yeah. first it was I'm done playing basketball. Yeah. I'm going to go to Ohio State because of the my academic pursuits. And then, oh, turns out. They have a position. My health condition uh, is not as bad as I thought, so uh, I'll sign up to play for Ohio State. Yeah, so sometimes those things just happen. I don't think he could have played another year at Utah State at that point because I think sometimes you can have another year of eligibility, but I feel like you have to transfer or Um, graduate transfers. I don't know if if I have the right perception of that. Maybe as a grad transfer – you do have that eligibility, and but you, I don't know that you could use that at your own school. It's an interesting question. I don't. Know. Yeah, I, I don't fully understand the whole process, but yeah, there's there's a million and one reasons to transfer, and basically only one of them is negative, and that's 
oh, I'm mad at the coaches and I'm a stuck-up player and just want to go play somewhere else. That's like the only situation where it's really a negative thing. Or, or it could be like Deion Sanders showing up to Colorado. and That one, I heard that clip was out of context. And like, it was, better get your bags ready because I'm bringing guys with me. And yeah. uh, you I, didn't perform, so I'm bringing people who will. I had heard the context was partly in reference to, um, you know, it was more of a, if you're not willing to work, pack your bags type thing. That's what I'd heard. I've not seen a clip that shows that. Because, yeah, that clip that showed up on, on Twitter is like, oh, my gosh, that's. <laughs> and all the people praising it, that if again, if that was the whole thing and people praising that, I was like, no, <laughs> that's bad. So <laughs> I, I, really, I really hope that that. There were a couple of people saying that there was some missing context, and I really hope that's the case because otherwise, Deion Sanders, you're a jerk. Yeah, that was granted, not. We, granted, Deion look. Sanders has always kind of been a jerk, but <laughs> so are most famous people. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. By the way, two three zero five. You know, talking about receivers, uh, Utah State has uh, Terrell Vaughn, who will be back. Uh, Nana Davis. Now, this is assuming they will all come back, but underclassmen. Um, do you, there's also Otto Tia, which I think uh, he's you wouldn't see a lot of him um, in the field, like catching passes, but he was involved in special teams. Uh, he's a, a big wide receiver, um, and we saw a little bit of him in training camp. So I think there's some interesting potential there. But um, you know, Jalen Royals, there's a few other guys that we saw glimpses of. We didn't see a lot of them. But they're in the program and uh, have opportunities to take big steps next year. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll we'll certainly see. I think we'll definitely see some uh, incoming transfers influence it. But right now, yeah, in, in eight seven nine eight made the point I was just about to say is that Kyle Van Lewin's still on the roster. Oh yeah, true. He'll so be back. he'll be coming back. A um, couple of slot receivers, so you're going to want to bring in some outside wide receivers, the Brian Cobb's types uh, or the Justin McGriffs, and Utah State's been targeting some guys like that. They know. The, the kind of variety they need. They have some slot guys coming back. We're going to fill a lot of those those snaps, but they need the outside guys to fill that, and that's a lot of the guys they've been they've been targeting. Some of these, you know, six two six three JUCO guys, they can come in and fill an immediate need. All right, we got to take a timeout here in the full court press. Still lots a uh, lot more to get through. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to chime in about the bowl game, Utah State heading to the uh, first responders bowl on December twenty seventh to face Memphis. How do you feel about the destination and the opponent? And Utah State basketball, number 15 in the inaugural net ranking for the 2022-23 men's basketball season. We'll discuss that coming up next on the Full Court Press. It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoline, an oil change will make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoline, an oil change, 695 
North Main, across from Angie's. Cycles and Sleds wants to say thank you to all who came out to their grand opening event and snow show recently. It was a huge success, but the savings are not done. They are going to continue the sale because they still have a large selection of snow and motocross gear to choose from. Just in time for Christmas, Cycles and Sleds at their new location, 3475 North Highway 91 in Hyde Park. Online at cyclesandsleds.com. Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Um, what music is this? What music is this? I don't know. It sounds country. I know like, I wouldn't when was have the last time we had a country song? <laughs> we are a little pump music. <laughs> Definitely not one of my choices. At this point, you just put Christmas music in since now it's acceptable. Ah, well, hey. Don't tempt me. Uh, Christmas party tonight for the old uh, business thing here. Are you going? Uh no I I forgot kind of forgot about it. Oh, Jason <laughs> and I don't think I RSVP'd either I mean I guess I could probably still show I'm up. I'm sure but. we could squeeze you in. Yeah. We'll see. Not much of a party goer. Uh, be food. We're gonna have some prizes. We'll have some games. It'll be fun. It's usually a fun time around here. <laughs> All right. So uh, again. Uh, Reacting to the bowl announcement for Utah State, taking on Memphis December 27th in uh, the First Responders Bowl, which will be played in the stadium of uh, SMU. So just right there in the Dallas metro, just north of downtown Dallas. Um, and uh, are the Aggies planning on making that trip? Be interested to know how many locals are planning on spending their uh, – their time between Christmas and New Year's down in uh, down in Dallas. Yeah, let us know. Be be uh, it'll be fun to see how many uh, Aggies decide to go. It's probably one of the further trips of kind of the bowls we were looking at. Granted, the Potato Bowl, everything I had heard was that Utah State did not want to play in that bowl game at all, um, and they wanted to go somewhere else. Which, fair enough, they played in the Potato Bowl like three straight bowl games at one point. Granted, there was a long stretch of time there. It was like 1997 and like a couple of early 2010s bowls. But still, they want to go somewhere else. And this will be their first appearance in this bowl. 
Uh, it's been going since around 2012, I think, or 2010, maybe. 2010, yeah. Uh, so this will be their first time. It's the third Mountain West team to show up in this bowl. The other two are Air Force and uh, uh, UNLV. I, I wrote it down. First, I was Colorado State, but I think you might be right with UNLV. And it's a decent payout, uh, considering um, you know, it's about what eight hundred and thirty thousand, something like that, yeah, in that it's, neighborhood. It's pretty good. It's better than the. Uh, I think the first ever bowl payout Utah State had was ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Way back when. Way back when. <laughs> uh, a couple of your texts coming through four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to weigh in, uh, by the way, eight nine six eight. Last time the Aggies lost to Memphis was Bruce Snyder's second year. Team had a lot of talent but did not play well together. They had the likes of Eric Heupel and Rick Peros and a lot of bad luck. Yeah. The last time they lost him is also the last time they've played them. 1977. That's a long time. A lot of things so, have changed since then. The Aggies haven't beaten Memphis since, uh, I didn't write that down. I have it just about in front of me. If these ads will stop popping up. Um, 1971. It's been a minute. They won 7-6. <laughs> 4-7-8-1. Deion Sanders may be a jerk, but where did Colorado finish in the Pac-12? The man is looking for some work and effort out of people. Also, we could probably lace up right now and toast half of the DBs in the FBS. Maybe. He's getting up there. I said he may have been, you know, he's arrogant and kind of a jerk, but in a way that he kind of backs it up and can be endearing because, I mean, he's not like a an a-hole jerk. He's just a bit of a jerk in the way that <laughs> he's famous. very sure of himself. In the way that famous arrogant people can be, it can kind of rub you the wrong way, but you can still love him because he's not necessarily being a, an a-hole to you. He's just, it's just like that guy's completely full of himself. <laughs> a great track record at, uh, where was it? Um, Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Um, and, uh, uh, but I'll be honest, I, I heard the rumors and then when he was introduced and it became official, I thought, why would why would Deion Sanders go to Colorado? Uh, of all places, of course, you know that's uh, he's he's skipping a G five and going straight to a P five school that there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him, and it, it it gives him an opportunity to understand the you know what it takes to coach and and win at this at the the P five level. He's in the Pac-12, and if he has some success there, he'll be able to pretty much go wherever he wants. Yeah. I think there could be some pressure, more so the fact that everyone's going to be watching. They were already watching him at Jacksonville State because um, he already made a big impact because he went there, and then I think he landed like a five-star recruit like right away. It like Was Jacksonville State like a D2 or something, or FCS? Uh, yeah, well, they're, they're, they're not HBCU, so they're a lower division. Uh, and I don't know how far down they are, but certainly he brought a lot of attention yeah. to historically black colleges and opportunities for athletes to choose going there instead of maybe some of these other traditional blue chip powers. Yeah, so he was immediately like a celebrity as a coach. I've granted he was already a celebrity himself from his football uh, playing days, but there was a ton of scrutiny there. And when he was successful, it was immediate. Oh, this guy is a great coach, and he's perfect for a program, and People were already listing, like, after a year. All right, which Power 5 program is going to go coach? And Colorado wasn't on that list. It was a bit of a surprise. They were thinking he was going to go somewhere in Florida. Because I believe he went to, was it Miami or did he go to Florida State? 
Ooh, that's a good. I question. can't remember. Which, I, I remember. believe he went to a college in um, in Florida, and so they were listing a lot of uh, coaching jobs there that he might take over for. But in Colorado, you know, normally there isn't a lot of pressure on coaches at Colorado because there's not the same expectation of success, at least these days, as there, you know, as a bunch of other teams. But the fact that Dion is going to be under such scrutiny, he's expected to turn that program around. He's expected to within a couple of years, turn them into a Pac-12 power because that's almost the the you know level of coaching that's kind of been assigned to him. It's like what happened to Brad Stevens. Like you, When you have a really good early uh, career as a coach, then you, know, you, you become this you know, godlike figure that's expected to just have the Midas touch for every single program. So while maybe year one and maybe year two, well, probably definitely year one and maybe year two, People aren't really going to look twice at his overall record, but there will certainly be scrutiny every week, like, what's Colorado doing? How are they progressing? Has Dion turned it around yet? And then that leash gets shorter and shorter if he doesn't you know, start to immediately turn things around. That's true. Uh, by the way, it was uh, Florida State where he went to school. Um, and, uh, yes, coached at Jackson State. Oh, just Jackson State, okay. Yes. Uh, so thank you for the text coming in. Uh, correcting us and filling us uh, filling us in on that. A couple more texts coming through, 7994. Uh, I'm excited about the bowl game. Three more weeks of practice and healing. There should be lots of reps for young players, and we face a solid opponent. Should be good for recruiting. Yeah, definitely. Spot on there. So uh, hopefully they win because that would you know complete the whole process. Obviously you want to take all of these behind-the-scenes positives and then turn it into an on-field positive as well, or at least get an on-field positive. Because then that brings more off-the-field positives in recruiting and, and whatnot, and pride. It's nice to be able to say that you've been to a bunch of bowl games, but you look at Memphis, you know, they're like 2-7 and seven in their bowl games, or 2-5 and five or something like that, where it's like, yeah, they've been to bowl games, but they've not won them. Right. And Utah State's partly in that camp as well, where they've been to 10 bowl games in 12 years, but I think they're either 500 or just below 500 in those games. They certainly be, not won them all. It'd be pretty close to that, yeah. Uh, 8 nine, six, eight. we could be BYU and go to New Mexico or being the spud dud again. I think I like our options. Yeah, I think it's good. It gets a little bit of variety, gets you to Texas. Um, good opponent. There's nothing really to complain about. And I certainly kind of like that New Mexico Bowl matchup. BYU-SMU. Rematch of a classic game. Uh, yeah, that's not a bad. And actually, the payout at New Mexico is, is pretty pretty healthy as well. But I, I really do like this destination. Um, it, it's in the Dallas area. It's after Christmas. The chance to get recruiting done, finals done. Then you can turn your attention to practice and prep, get guys healthy. Uh, Coach did talk about that. He named like three or four guys who likely will be back in time for the bowl. Um, so it's uh, those are exciting things for Utah State. I, I, I like the matchup. Memphis is a little bit down this year from where they've been maybe the last couple of years. Um, Utah State will be an underdog in this one, um, but uh, another opportunity for Utah State to prove themselves against decent competition uh, in a in a nice media market at a good time on national TV. Yeah, and just an update: Utah State's five and four. In these bowl games, they've been in the last ten years. I looked that up. They had it pretty much in front of me. Um, as far as the 
being an underdog, I thought I saw somebody say, yeah, the I thought I saw somebody say Memphis Open is like 13 point favorites. I saw that didn't like look into it. Right now they're nine and a half point favorites according to I think uh, well the opening odds from DraftKings was nine and a half. So I don't know if somebody else had it at 13. Well, the Action Network with Brett McMurphy, who started announcing a lot of these bowls on Sunday, he also would put, um, you know, who was favored or what the line would be, and he's uh, for that game it was thirteen on the announcement. Okay, so that's that's probably where I saw that. Then I didn't remember exactly where I'd seen that. Um, but yeah, so some of them seem to be between probably nine points and thirteen, depending uh, on who announced it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of quick texts. Again, these are referring back to our conversation with Dion Sanders. Uh, 6211, yes, uh, D- Neon Dion was coach at Jackson State, not Jacksonville State. And 4781, um, he, a couple of texts here, says he's not a LeBron jerk, he's a Kobe jerk, and also he went to Florida State. So what kind of jerk is LeBron? Because I get the Kobe jerk part. That's actually a, a weirdly accurate way to phrase that, <laughs> yes, so, I, I like based it. on the, the distinctions I was making. I don't know, LeBron jerk. I don't know. 2197, played at FSU, coached at Jackson State. Yes, thank you, you guys, for correcting us. Uh, and then 6543, Memphis seems to be a very solid opponent in looking at their schedule. Several close games against ranked opponents. Yeah, I think they lost to a oh, – if I was looking at the right year. I've looked at a lot of different years. And I think they lost to uh, – okay, yeah, it was this year. They lost to the number 25 team in back-to-back weeks. They lost to Tulane, who was ranked 25 at the time. Then they lost to Tulane. Or UCF. UCF. No, they lost to Tulane two weeks ago. No, they lost to UCF the next week, um, who in that week was then ranked 25th. Yeah, they had an interesting stretch there. When they were in that losing streak, lost by one at home against Houston, lost by two on the road at East Carolina, lost by 10 to 25th-ranked Tulane at Tulane, uh, lost by seven versus UCF. So they were these were competitive games. Uh, SMU, they lost by a field goal. So uh, outside of that Mississippi State game early in the year in, in week one, this team was competitive in every game they played, if not blowing away their opponents on a couple of occasions. Although they were down 35 points at one point against Tulane. Ah. I didn't know they did. I just looked into the game. I was like, how close was that? And and Memphis scored 28 points in the second half to make it. Make it respectable. Yeah, respectable in the end. Um, but, yeah, Tulane was up 35-0 at half. All right, another quick timeout. Love to continue to get your feedback. 435-339-0321 about the bowl announcement for Utah State facing Memphis in the First Responders Bowl December 27th in Dallas. Uh, we'll also talk about Utah State basketball and the Utah Jazz coming up on the Full Court Press. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced Heating and Air. If you're thinking about getting engaged this holiday season, Essie Needham Jewelers is a place to shop for your diamond engagement ring. Essie Needham's has the largest selection of wedding rings in the area, including hundreds of styles in platinum, white gold, and yellow gold. 
We import diamonds direct from Antwerp, Belgium, which enables us to guarantee the best price on diamonds. We also offer the most complete warranty and services of any store in the state. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. All right, dads, let's test your knowledge. Ready? What is this sound? Some of the more experienced parents recognize it as the sound a young teenager makes when he's done something he regrets. Listen. Kind of a sad sound, isn't it? But if you recognized it, then you know exactly what to do. Listen, because that's when together, you can both figure out how not to make the same mistake again. This message from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Finish your high school diploma for you and your family. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Francis, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you as well on our Full Court Press text line. Uh, by the way, we'd love to see you come by and visit with us on Thursday. We're going to be broadcasting live from Beehive Grill uh, there in South Logan and um, sampling some of their delicious food. And <laughs> love to see you there. Stop by and say hi. There may be some things we could uh, we can give away. We're working on that. May have some guests that will be joining us. So we'll be there live from 4 to 6 on Thursday, this Thursday. So yeah, mark want, it down. If you want to see my smug little mug, you can uh, <laughs> you can come say hi. Yes. I don't know how many of you see me in person. Some of you may have. Some of you may not. promise I don't know the names of any of these textures. So. No, it's, you know, it's kind of fun to just know them by their numbers. And you, I know you guys are awesome, and you show up to some of our events and introduce yourself as your number, and that's great. Uh, that's fun. Uh, some people introduce and give their full name, and that's cool too. Yeah. You know, whatever you're comfortable with. My problem is I'm terrible at remembering names. So if you say your number, I'd be like, "Oh uh, yeah, sure." <laughs> <laughs> It'll be gone before the evening. Yeah, is that, done. that's the problem. Is if <laughs> so, if I don't remember you, please don't be offended. I'm just horrible at remembering names. Uh, it took me forever to remember uh, Devin's name here. 
<laughs> he points to me. <laughs> uh, 4781 on our text line. Kobe, uh, or here we go. LeBron jerk is a major flopper whose whining overpowers his actual skill. Kobe would just beat the crap out of you. So, yes, LeBron jerk is also kind of like the Chris Paul jerk. They're kind of in that same camp. Yeah, true. And the I would add, extend that LeBron jerk feels like he has a right to opine on whatever topic is uh, out there, controversial topic of the day. He feels like he's entitled to have his opinion asked and uh, shared. He's like that annoying neighbor who has a topic on everything. He's an expert in 17 different areas. Like, <laughs> yes. It's like, LeBron James, you're an expert in like two things. And both of them involve basketball. You're really good at playing basketball. You're really, really, really good at playing basketball. Just focus on that. Yeah. Uh, 4781, Chris Paul's on a different level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... He doesn't have the same uh, credentials as LeBron has or the same ability, but he's still a insufferable jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, the uh, the bowl announcement for Utah State coming Saturday, excuse me, Sunday afternoon, um, we had a chance to speak with uh, Coach uh, Blake Anderson. Uh, you put the initial story together about the announcement, and then you added more context after – the press conference uh, with Coach Anderson. It's on CashValleyDaily.com. And when I was first looking at just quick tertiary um, uh, research about who Memphis is, to me it looked like here's a high-scoring team, a quarterback who likes to throw the ball around a lot, um, and they were competitive in, in almost every game that they played. And then Coach Anderson comes on, and he talks about them as a great running team, really strong uh, running attack, strong on the edges. And I, I looked at their 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 pre you know their season stats. They don't have any running back that has more than what 100, 550 yards rushing. Yeah, their leading running back, uh, Javion uh, Ducker, I think as I say it. I gotta be careful with that name. Uh, 97 attempts, not even 100 attempts for their leading uh, running back. Uh, 461 yards. Their quarterback. Oh, that's uh, right. He doesn't even have 500 yards rushing on the season. Yeah, he does average 4.8 yards per carry, and they do score a lot of touchdowns on the ground. They have a, a lot of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, Asa down. Martin. Seems like it's a one-two punch. Uh, he's just under 400 yards on the season with 75 attempts, but he's got seven touchdowns. Yeah, they've got so their they're leading rusher in yards and, and or excuse me, their leading rusher in attempts is uh, their quarterback, Seth Hennigan. Uh, about 30 of those attempts, I believe, are sacks, between 25 and 30 of those. I tried adjusting his, uh, if I assume every sack that Memphis has given up was Hennigan, then he comes out to like 512 rushing yards, I think on like 103 attempts or something like that, um, which puts them about five yards per carry. So if you adjust for the sacks, they've got several players who are averaging close to or more than five yards per attempt. They can be efficient. Yes. They just don't seem to do it a ton. Um, but they do, as I, was, I got sidetracked from saying this, but they're, they're rushing touchdowns there. So Hennigan has four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Ducker has five. Brandon Thomas has nine. I think uh, yep. he, he seems like their third running back, second or third running back. Then you mentioned Asa Martin has seven. They have another guy who has two. 
And then there's one other guy who has one rushing touchdown. So a lot of rushing touchdowns from this team, um, which I think was how San Jose State was, if I remember correctly. They threw the ball a lot. And if I remember correctly, they had a bunch of guys who had a bunch of rushing touchdowns. They ran the ball when they got inside, you know, the red zone, or at least maybe inside the 10, but they can move the ball up and down the field through the air very well. Uh, We'll have more on that. Continue to dissect who Memphis is. We'll also react to the news about Utah State performing very well, undefeated, and uh, the net rankings really love the Aggies right now. We'll discuss that coming up on the Full Court Press. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services, here when you need us most. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install for Vermont casting units that include stoves, binning, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley. Located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Napa Auto Parts is everything you need to uh, take care of cold weather for your vehicle uh, and your maybe even your driveway too, like ice melt. But uh, we've got ice scrapers, fuel line antifreeze, starting fluid, windshield de-icer. Go check it out. It's five locations between Preston and Providence. So, well, that was abrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're done. Uh, Utah State football. uh, Just last uh, thoughts there. Um, Utah State getting the uh, bowl invitation to go to uh, Dallas to play at the – was it the Gerald Ford Arena or something like that? But it's where SMU plays. Is that, is that the name of it? That's the name of the arena. Um, but uh, they'll be facing Memphis on December 27th. And I'd love to know, like, are you planning on going? Are you going to make the trip uh, post-Christmas fun? Go hang out in Dallas? Go watch the Aggies play. 435-339-0321. couple quick texts before we have to hit the top of the hour and Dan Patrick's above the noise segment. 4781. Uh, and, yes, LeBron should just shut up. He's the neighbor from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> I've never seen Christmas Vacation. Uh, 8968. I didn't see, but did New Mexico State get a bowl bid? Yes, they did. Quick lane bowl. Quick lane. Yes, they are. Uh, more texts coming through. We'll talk about Utah State basketball. Really strong performance. 
at uh, San Francisco in a lot of different ways. And the net rankings love the Aggies. We'll explain next. I've got a. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL is no stranger to historic quarterback matchups. There was Bart Starr and Johnny Unitas, Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach, and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. With many elite quarterbacks' careers coming to a close in recent years, though, some of the game's great quarterback rivalries have gone with them. But luckily for football fans, a new rivalry appears to be forming in the AFC. The Chiefs have been a dominant force for years under Patrick Mahomes. And ever since pairing Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, the Bengals have grown into an elite team in the AFC as well. The two teams' ascension to the top has gradually formed a competitive rivalry. This weekend was another example of that as the Bengals squeezed out a three-point win over Kansas City. The win gives Cincinnati its third straight win over the Chiefs, but with both teams boasting competitive rosters and Mahomes and Burrow under contract for the foreseeable future, the AFC's new quarterback rivalry may only continue to grow as the years go by. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 